Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's that rebel music. 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 It's that rebel. It's that rebel. It's that rebel. Welcome to Land Sharks, Africa's favorite podcast about the Ole Miss Rebels. I'm your host, Justin Sanders. Uh, here tonight, talk a little bit about the ongoing drama surrounding uh, Ole Miss's much protracted, um, potentially moving towards the punishment phase NCAA investigation. I guess you can't really call it an investigation now. It's more of a uh, a proceeding. So Ole Miss's NCAA case, we'll call it that. I got my co-host with me, of course, just like every show. I got John Stefanczyk on the line. How you doing tonight, John? I'm good. So I guess tonight, in honor of the polarizing divide between the Ole Miss fan base, whether we stand behind Coach Freeze with mm. blindfolds on, or Freeze is a dumbass, why are we paying $5 million a year to go be mm. squirrely and not recruit, not hide his uh, recruiting tactics? <laughs> We're going to honor that with our most polarizing episode ever. Uh, potentially our most polarizing episode. Yeah, John, I feel like John's really selling the – we're going to have to have some hot takes to, to live up to this. Yeah, yeah. We'll do it. So, yeah, I think, Brad right. Anders, welcome to the show. Um, yeah, friend of the show, uh, our friend from college, first-time first, first time guest. Always good to have a uh, someone on for the first time. We got our buddy Brad Anders on the line. What's up, Brad? How you doing tonight? Good, guys. How are y'all? Really good, man. Uh, should preface it. I mean, long-time listeners may remember I made a joke about how we need a special prosecutor. Well, John, I think, said we need a special prosecutor uh, yep. on this case, and I suggested Brad, and here we are. And uh, Brad was gracious enough to reach out to the to the podcast on, on Twitter. Of course, uh, we appreciated the fact that he heard it to begin with. That's a, that's, <laughs> a, that's, a rare, that's a select group right there that uh, gets to hear our podcast every week, so we appreciate that. Um, and I, I thought it was only fair, since we invoked your name, you're here. We're going to talk about... Like I said at the top of the show, this this ever changing, ever evolving NCAA case, and I mean, let's just jump right into it. Let's let's start with you, Brad. I think the listeners have heard us uh, ad nauseum talking about this case. I mean, w- what do you see this as? Is this a is this a failure on Ole Miss's part? Is this an NCAA overreach? Is this you know the the I think Mayberry Machiavelli is a name that's being used for uh, the the Mississippi State potential uh, you know driving force behind this i mean what does the NCAA case look like to you obviously you've been out of school but it was going on when you were in school even that's how long of a period we're talking about no absolutely i mean i was never in school when freeze right has been the coach um i always had nut and uh orgeron Orgeron. but we really have nut to thank for this whole thing with his his absolutely big academic fraud scandal well i think just just to touch on the NCAA in general is I don't think it's an if if they can actually prove the ten thousand dollars which mm-hmm. I mean y'all touched on it last week I think the contact alone is pretty damning yes absolutely um, I think that's really the root of the issue so if you if if they can prove the ten thousand dollars I mean I don't think it's an overreach at all I think it's one of those things where it's like you've you've been saying it's just dumb. I mean, it's sloppy, yeah. dumb stuff that pretty much 
we can all agree every single SEC school does something along these lines. Sure. Yeah, I mean, he's he's Leo Lewis, basically, allegedly Leo Lewis. Student athlete, uh, 39, right? Yeah. Right. Right. Uh, I mean, even intimated that there was another program that was also dropping him money. Mm-hmm. So... We yeah, not just, just not just offered. I mean, he he said in one of his many interview sessions that he accepted ten thousand dollars from. I'm I'm ninety nine percent sure that he actually said it was from Mississippi State, which their institution ten or something like that. It, it's so convoluted because of all the redactions and all. But I guess I mean maybe thanks to Steve Robertson, we'll get to see the unredacted. Uh, notice of allegations response here next month. So I guess we'll find out. But yeah, exactly. I mean, that right there speaks to what you're talking about. This is not some anomaly at Ole Miss, but what's anomalous? Is that is that how you say that word? I'm not sure. What's it, what is the anomaly? Is the way Ole Miss left this this electronic paper trail that is now part of the NOA? I, I think I think it's just, it's it was sloppiness, and I mean it's one of those things where if you look at the leadership. In, I mean, bet- between Vitter and Freeze and Bjork, I don't think any of us could be overly surprised on a screw-up like this. Right, and you're, and you're talking uh, about their, their resume, right? I mean, you're saying these are all guys with not, not a ton of experience with what they're doing now. Right, I mean, you, uh, you, you can start with Vitter. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's probably the one with the longest resume, mm-hmm. but it's always been... Uh, as a professor or as a computer scientist of a college. Right. Right. And then um, just never really being in charge of anything other than the academic side of a university. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm looking at his Wikipedia page now. Yeah. This is actually something we definitely should have looked at a while ago. That's a, that's a great point. I mean, every position before becoming chancellor at Ole Miss seems to be, as you said, Brad, specifically, Provost, Executive Vice President for Academics. I see that. I see, right. Uh, right. Frederick Cohen, well, Dean was of the College of Science. One, right. He was only in one SEC school ever, and it was at A&M. And he right. was only there for a year. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, Right, and he was the VP, Executive Vice President for Academics. I mean, that doesn't really correct. prepare you to walk into this massive, wide-scale NCAA investigation, you know, that spans, uh, what, six years, seven years, something like that. Right. Um, I mean, that that is... That would be a tall task for anyone. And we were talking before the show about this. Um, you know, Dan Jones, maybe not universally popular, but I think he was very respected among uh, not just professors, I'm sure, like Vitter, as we talked about his academic background, but boosters liked him, coaches liked him, seemed to work well with Bjork. Obviously, Ole Miss lost Dan Jones by no choice of their own. We talked about that extensively on the show. Um, but I mean, it seems like things have only gotten worse since Vitter's been brought in, uh, you know, added into the mix here. Obviously, the stuff we're talking about, the meat of the allegations, was before he got here. But it seems Correct. like at this point, it's it's more important what's happening now than what happened, you know, back when the allegations were alleged to have taken place. You know, it's all about how are you handling it post anyway, post anyway response. I think you're making a really solid point. They just don't have any experience in these areas. I 100% agree, and I know I'm I'm 100% sure that Ole Miss, with the law school that we have and all the mm-hmm. alumni and money in the bank, I'm sure there's plenty of people that have law degrees that and are barred in the state of Mississippi that can give Vitter some guidance. But I don't feel like 
they're it's being taken very well yeah I mean, and part of that i mean i don't i mean john feel free to if you have any thoughts on this jump in but it seemed maybe part of that is just too many too many voices he doesn't know who to listen to because i mean if you've been following this case for a long time which we all have and uh, most of our listeners i'm sure have too you've had voices kind of all over the spectrum for Ole Miss. I'm, I'm thinking specifically about friend, like Romaro Miller on, on Twitter, for instance. He's He's been pretty vocally against the administration's um, tack towards the NCAA for about six months now. Uh, you have a lot of other people that I feel like feel the same way. Uh, and then obviously there are lots of people within the university and within the athletic department that are saying we have to cooperate. You know, they, they're – there isn't any way that we can fight this. And I, I think we're kind of seeing the product of, you know, kind of splitting the baby. You know, we, we have both strategies employed uh, up to this point in the last year of dealing with the NCAA. And I think the NOA response kind of reflects both strategies, too. I mean, we vehemently deny some accusations that stem from Leo Lewis. And then on other things like the $10,000 payment from Booster 14, as you mentioned, Brad, that we talked about last episode, there is this documented contact that apparently we cannot or will not explain away and we were talking before the show about how we got some specific responses from specific people this last week uh being barnard Ferrar, hugh freeze chris kiffin for our right. response i thought much much stronger uh in its language um denouncing leo lewis's credibility but even for ours response you know prepared by the man and his lawyer who you would think would be best positioned to explain away the strange contact, right? This text message from a booster sent the day before signing day, included Barney, included Leo Lewis, had this strange text about you swore on your daughter and all of this. You know, you would think yeah. if there's a way to explain this away, Barney Fraud would be able to, doesn't even attempt it, doesn't even touch it in his response. So to me, that, if you're an Ole Miss fan, should definitely give you pause. And, and I think a lot of the, 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 the vibe around the – case right at this very moment and we're recording this on monday night uh monday being the day that uh the rebel rags lawsuit kind of came out in the news i think it was filed on friday people have been talking about it all day a lot of positivity right now but to me that speaks volumes the fact that even barney's response the 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 most strong-headed and defensive of old misses recruiting and the fact that they didn't have these violations even that response doesn't even try to explain that text to me that's very worrisome and I don't know. No, I, I don't know what's going to happen with that. Go ahead. Every response and every like kind of insider, and I guess near to the program media, throughout the past four years, every time they've been, there's been kind of a thing to respond to. They've always been, um, they've been too positive and haven't and have not really portrayed the portrayed what's happened at face value. It's always been, oh, it's not that big of a deal. Not yeah. that big of a deal. Oh, there won't be a bowl ban. Nowhere there's a bowl ban. Well, here we are. And so are you talking about the media or the school itself and the statements they've put out? Uh, both. Uh, mm -hmm. Of course, you know, you, you tell me what the difference is between the Ole Miss spirit and right. the school. Yeah. yeah, exactly. No, it's so true. And and I think that's, that's an interesting point you make there, John, because what was the outlet that first broke the story about this lawsuit that – apparently has nothing to do with Ole Miss, right? It's just this business owner, Terry Warren, the owner of Rebel Rags, going after Leo Lewis and Kobe Jones and Lindsey Miller. But the fact that that turned up first on the spirit, I think that answers any questions about if Ole Miss is coordinating with Rebel Rags on this whole lawsuit strategy. Um, I mean, the answer is yes. And, and I guess then the question becomes, is this 
a viable pathway for recourse or is this a, is this a desperation tactic? That's what I was just about to say was, I mean, you, you finally go on the offensive with your mm-hmm. response mm-hmm. being Ole Miss. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those things where I think it was a Hail Mary. I think they knew we are just absolutely. Yeah, we're talking about the Rebel Rags lawsuit, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. just the the well, and I if I may be giving these three or anyone at Ole Miss way too much credit, but if this was the strategy all along, let's go ahead and let's do this response. Mm-hmm. Let's mm-hmm. make it where everyone uh, intimated in the in the supposed mm-hmm. uh, violations gets up there almost pretty much gets their name on paper. Mm-hmm. I mean, we all know who all these redacted names are for the most part. Right. And, um, and go ahead, finish so, your point, Brad, but I want to address something about that. That's been a big point of contention today, but go ahead what you're saying. So is it one of those things where you just, you start to try to get rebel rags, get maybe the lawyer to do some sort of just smoke screen, you know, take, take as much heat, Mm-hmm. Take as much vi- like I don't even know vision away from the actual allegations mm-hmm. and try to throw as much doubt as possible, right? And get it into some courts, get it into just the court of public opinion, even, and just say like this is bonkers, right? But, and just totally and, drag and Lewis's pro- credibility, you know, in service right, of the other allegations. Produce Make right. them produce documents in court or in uh, bank statements and all sorts of right. stuff, and and just say and just get it all caught up in all sorts of uh, legal legal mumbo jumbo, and just get it to a grinding halt and see if that right doesn't and, help at all. And maybe if you can get some sort of not even a judgment, but if you can, I mean, I, I think the ultimate strategy has to be scare Lewis by threatening his future earnings and to a lesser degree, Kobe, because I mean, I'm just keeping it real here. Kobe Jones is not a proven commodity. Kobe Jones is, we'll see. We'll see on Kobe Jones, but I'm not so sure (laughs) Kobe Jones is ever going to play in the NFL. We'll see. Leo Lewis has a future. The only only reason we know Kobe Jones' name because he went to start Starkville and we want to still recruit from him. Yeah, and, and he also <laughs> tweeted that thing about how he didn't fall for it or whatever. He was really he was gloating with Leo. Go ahead. Here's the thing about this lawsuit: is that all the message board corners are like, "Oh, we're fighting back," blah blah blah. Well, if I'm a like junior in high school, I'm going well. Crap! If I go get a T-shirt from Rebel Rags, he might sue me if I don't sign with Ole Miss. Mm-hmm. So that hurts recruiting, as far as I'm concerned. Well, that's, that's a fair a point. point. That's a fair point, John. But I, I, I think the only way this lawsuit exists is if Rebel Rags truly has nothing to do with Ole Miss's dirty recruiting. Like I, I, I really don't see this ever being filed if there's any truth to Lewis's allegations. And and above and beyond that, I think they feel like there is enough discrediting evidence among the security tag claims. I think we talked about last week, the fact that we have this NCAA testimony from his friends and family members that say they never saw the gear, no physical evidence, the gift cards, there's a few other points that are made. Um, I think that on top of the fact that they feel good about discovery, not turning up any actual instances of this happening because you, you, I mean, Leo Lewis and, and Jones and Lindsay Miller, their tactic has to be, if this, let's let's take it from two possibilities, either 
everything Ole Miss is saying and everything Rebel Rags is saying about Rebel Rags is true. They're cheap bastards. I've heard that. They don't give anything away for free. Nothing to do with <laughs> Ole Miss recruiting. You know, they're pinching pennies trying to make money on a clothing store, which can be tough, especially in a, in a very niche market like only selling Ole Miss gear. That's one reality. The other reality, um, it's a huge part of the network for some reason because Ole Miss could just give kids free gear from Nike, you know, on their visits. That's why it's really confusing from the beginning. But let's say it really is what Jones and Lewis say it is, and you go there and someone takes you there with a gift card or whatever. They, they give you free gear, and it's all part of the inducement, which, by the way, is weird. If you're a college college – not a college kid, a high school kid – that shopping different schools, you're trying to be wooed and swayed. You're really telling me that a big part of your compensation package is a bunch of branded gear from the school that you're going to go to and get free gear from as soon as you step on campus. Like that's a, For shitty, four that's years. a shitty inducement. <laughs> that's a terrible inducement, but whatever. Let's say that's what's going on. It makes no sense for rubble rags to ever file this lawsuit because they're just inviting any other player that ever received free gear to be called to the witness stand. As soon as the lawyers, on the defense, you know, Jones, Lewis, Lindsey Miller, as soon as they hear that that's happened, they're going to try to call that person. I just don't think logically that that's happening. The Rebel Rags giving away free gear, and then they're going to bring this lawsuit. That doesn't follow to me. So I, I think Rebel Rags is probably relatively clean in all this. The next question is, is this really going to go anywhere? I think that remains to be seen. I, I have the filing printed out. I left it at work. Not very substantial. I don't know if you guys read it. And also it names... 15 John Doe's as defendants and we'll have, to, we'll have to get our non-legal advisor on sometime to talk about this, but uh, I don't know how common this is, but the, the tactic apparently is let's get into to discovery. Let's find out who was orchestrating this NCAA plot. Who's feeding the lines to Lewis, all of that interesting stuff would be great. I would love to learn about that, but they're, they're saying let's learn that in discovery and then we'll add them to the lawsuit. I just don't know if that's going to work. I mean, it seems like a Hail Mary, as, as Brad was saying. I, I don't see that. I don't know. It, it'll be very interesting. What What is Rebel Rags what, – what is their best case outcome from this whole lawsuit? Okay, I'll explain. I can explain exactly what's going on with Rebel Rags because if Rebel right. Rags gets associated – or, sorry, disassociated, they could very easily uh, not be allowed to sell Ole Miss merchandise anymore. So that's uh, that's oh, wow. a big deal. I mean, for, for them, for Terry for Warren – it's worth it, right? If you can defend yourself in the court of public opinion, um, and I mean, save I think, some face. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think I think that Rebel Rags is looking at pretty much a win-win on this case. Um, even if they lose and Ole Miss gets hammered and Rebel Rags gets disassociated, I think Terry Warren or Terry Warren's wife or whatever will found a new LLC. You know, <laughs> Rebel shirts, and they'll have the same address as the old one. Um, and Ole Miss fans will remember that they tried to fight this and they started the lawsuit and all that, and they probably won't you know, lose all that business for people that are upset about it. They'll say, well, at least they tried. I, I, I think it's, it's not a ton of bad outcomes for Rebel Rags in this because a, a store that sells Ole Miss merchandise in Oxford, they really just care about public opinion. They just want Ole Miss fans to think that they're on Ole Miss's side, right? I really no, want, I want Rebel Rags to become bearware now. Bearware. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> No, but a, a real question, guys, a real question. If if Ole Miss ends up disassociating Rebel Rags and Cannon Motors in the same little two-year stretch here, I mean, those are probably those were, in this situation, t probably two of the five biggest sponsors of Ole Miss Athletics. I mean, that's 
that's probably going to have an effect, right? I would have to think they're going to have to replace those sponsors at least. It's a weird situation. <sighs> it's strange to have such high-profile businesses and sponsors named. No, absolutely. I mean, it, and, and, and local. And, I mean, you can't – you no, definitely can't throw town. them under the bus. It's a small town, yeah. Right. And I mean, it, it's it's one of those as well that, I mean, it, let's, let's be honest. It's probably never going to go to court. I mean yeah. – I, I would give that a ninety nine percent chance of not going to not going to court. Like right. this is going to get dropped. But um, before you ever go to court, you know, you take your video depositions. You get to ask Leo Lewis and Kobe Jones questions under oath right. and all of that. You get to scare them into potentially recanting their NCAA testimony. I think that's all they're really going for. Yeah, exactly. That was my that was going to be my point. Was you may you might get get this that portion of the uh allegations thrown out just by the, mm -hmm. the sheer fact that rebel rags doesn't want to be associated with it right. i mean he just they're just saying hey you're you're dirtying our name yeah. for no good reason you you made up this story mm -hmm. and, and you're trying to get the university that we're associated with sullied and at the same time take us down that's not cool right I mean, it could have a very save real our impact on their business yeah well, and I, this whole thing with all of the whole Leo Lewis thing, like, I, I'm sorry. If, if the NCAA takes any any action on Ole Miss, they're going to have to take some action on Leo Lewis. I do not give any anything. I just the, – the, the kid, I don't care if you gave him just a, a blank check to tell whatever he wanted. He – is not clean in this right. and to let him continue to play and punish Ole Miss is just backwards thinking in my, in, in my thought anyway. I mean, you can't just give the guy complete, just a blank check to do what he wants, or especially against, against at Mississippi especially a rival State. School, right? Right. I mean, I, he's He's going to, of course he's going to say whatever he can, Right. Now, if they can, like I said before, if they can prove the ten thousand dollars, that's damning, and we'll just have to deal with those consequences. Um, now, I don't think we'll deal with them well, but the whole the whole Rebel Rags Leo Lewis thing, I think, will take care of itself. Mm -hmm. um, I, I I think pretty much everybody the um, the response by Ole Miss definitely cast enough doubt on that where they should be able to to wiggle out of that one mm -hmm. um just because i mean it's just if uh, the sound of everything is just ridiculous i mean and he changed like he said he changed the story mm -hmm. three or four times and it was a gift card i had it and it was given to me no i never touched it and i never even saw it, it looked mm -hmm. kind of like a card i don't know what it was i mean I don't, I don't know, man. The, the whole, the whole thing with, with well, the, and then he the said, I mean, that's, and, just... and that's, um, uh, that, that's one of the, honestly, one of the less weird inconsistencies in his story. I mean, he, he said that they went and asked for someone named Emily. Um, and whether this is right. true or not, rebel rags has said no one named Emily has ever worked there. And there's apparently documentation of this. That's going to be part of the NCAA case, part of their, you know, their evidence entered into the civil case. Um, he, he talked about the security tags being removed, which is probably the strangest one. I mean, to me, 
that's the biggest red flag on, hey, he's just inventing a fantasy here. The fact that, because it seems realistic, right? I mean, it's a big store, got clothing, right. you take the security tags off. They have, they have security tags on things. Let me just right. sure. say that, I mean, places that it I've seems been like, like JCPenney and Belk have security tags. Surely when I was in that store, I saw a security tag. You know what's so interesting is still, and, and this is something we'll probably never know. Although, the the civil filing that we got today from Rebel Regs, you, you know, at least purports to be seeking this information. But it's so interesting. Like, what is really going on behind these stories Lewis is giving him? I mean, what is really his motivation? Not just to to not just to testify to the NCAA about what happened during his recruitment. But I mean, I'm I'm prepared to say at this point, after everything I know about the Rebel Rags allegation, I think he made it up. I mean, I think he made that up. No, absolutely. What is his motivation to embellish things that happened and wholesale invent other things to damage Ole Miss? Obviously, you're a player at Mississippi State, but I don't think that that is enough. This we're talking about a blue trip recruit uh, had offers to play anywhere in the country, had monetary offers. We know from his own testimony, once again, we don't know how credible that is, but according to him, had under the table cash offerings from at least three SEC schools. Um, I, I, I find it hard to believe he operates with so much malice and, and puts so much effort into simply damaging a school that he's going to play you know, three, maybe four times in his career. Right. It, it seems like someone would be more Coaching. motivated than him and would then somehow has transferred that into him, whether it's monetary, whether it's simply convincing him. And that's why I think the lawsuit's so interesting. It's sad that I don't think it'll ever get there, but I do think it posits what sounds like a tinfoil conspiracy. I mean, it, 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 it doesn't so much say it in the filing, but it's been reported widely that they're, they're going to attempt to link Dan Mullen. Um, they said that whoever negotiated the immunity deal would maybe be pulled into it, um, as well as Steve Robertson, uh, the owners of Elite Dogs, who, oh, I'm racking my brain. I know there are a couple of posters. I forget the real names. But, uh, I mean, if it was, in fact, that broad and, and that, you know, a diverse cast of characters working behind the scenes, I mean, that is it's a very juicy conspiracy. And, and it, it's, Absolutely. it's outlandish. But at the same time, I'm waiting for that. Occam's razor logical explanation for what's going on and what's happened up to this point. And so far the outlandish conspiracies don't sound that far fetched when you put it in perspective, all the weird stuff that's gone on with this case. It's very Agreed. Um, okay, Brad, uh, let's see what else, what else about the case has stood out to you? Let's we're, as we mentioned, we're at, at maybe the end of what's been a very long process. I'm sure, well, I'm not sure, but I would guess based on what you've said so far, about the experience levels of Bjork, Vitter, Freeze. I mean, you probably agree um, with John, at least at first, and I'd say I'm fully on board now that Ole Miss's PR strategy has not only not made this better, it's probably made it worse uh, just about every no, time. Absolutely. absolutely. I mean, Bjork, I feel like, I mean, he, he has no clue what he's doing. None. See, I, I think I have to agree with you, man. And I used to be on a different side of this, and John see my full transformation here. And I think John, we he used to be on a different side of this too. I mean, we used to be big Bjork stands on this show. We were defending the guy all the time. Um, but he, once again... He does know how to raise money and build stuff. Right. Outside of that's, that, though... That's fine. Outside of that. He would. He didn't know that public relations begins with a letter P. And that's... 
Well, and the I mean, if you if you go back and you look at some of the some of the stuff with uh, SEC media days, like mm-hmm. a lot of the the picks of players who would go, right? And I mean, just like releases to Ole Miss fans, I mean, just always seemed really odd to me mm-hmm. with him. It's just it's there, there's some real kind of irony in the fact that Laramie Tunsil's whole draft night media debacle. Oh, my God. That that I mean, was such they, a they debacle. Sheltered, they shelter the kids right. so much he never knew how to talk to people. Right. It's, I mean, it's Ole Miss's fault. They put him in a situation completely unprepared for it. Ole, Ole Miss did such a bad job that Jimmy Sexton looked like an idiot. I mean, think about that for a minute. What I remember you, when I was at school, they had Michael Orr up there talking all the time, and he he's no fantastic orator. But at least they would put him up there to make some headlines and let the uh, media talk to him a little bit. Yeah. And when when it came to draft night, it wasn't this huge surprise to him that mm-hmm. there were questions flying left and right about X and Y and Z and how his time at Ole Miss was and what, I mean, all the good and the bad that came with his decision to go to Ole Miss, but mm-hmm. I mean, I'm with John. I mean, they sheltered the kid, and they do that to a lot of the Ole Miss players, where yeah, especially the highly recruited guys, which makes no sense. Those are the guys that need the PR training the most for their future career. Or maybe it makes total sense. Right. They no, don't want exactly. them to say something incriminating because mm-hmm. they know Apparently. they're yeah, absolutely. And and Bjork instead of just kind of taking it as it goes. And, I mean, put them up there, see what happens. I mean, it, that would be a heck of a lot better than at the end, on draft night, no less, you have a picture come out of a kid smoking a bong, supposedly, allegedly. I mean, I guess he admitted it. Yeah. So well, and whatever. I think we should also mention, and, and we've talked about it on the podcast, this was completely... Hugh Freeze's fault. He created the situation, but Agreed. what Tunzel faced on draft night was malicious, and it was someone that he had trusted at one point. Um, really, you know, picking, giving I mean, it to him. Yeah, I mean, at, at such a crucial time in his life and his career to really attack him, and 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 not just to attack him, but to use the unknown and the timing of it to, to inflict more damage, you know, to make teams question what else is out there. I mean, that's I, I feel bad for Laramie, I got to say, and I totally no, blame absolutely. Hugh Freeze for that. Um, but, but I also agree with you that he was not well prepared to deal with that crisis. Well, and Freeze, like you said, Freeze isn't, is nowhere close to blameless with that. I mean, the okay. guy spent his entire career – basically, at a high school, an NAIA program, Mm -hmm. and Arkansas State. I mean, those are not... I mean, Arkansas State's the closest to big as you can get, and they're a blip. I mean, the guy has zero experience Mm -hmm. recruiting all these big names and try... I mean, he he tried to go in too deep too quick. I mean, it's... Mm -hmm. He had that amazing recruiting class. I, I, I'm, to be totally honest, I'm surprised 
more hasn't come out about that recruiting class. Well, and I think part of that is that it, he really did have natural ends with those guys. I mean, I, I I think Laquan Treble got paid, but I don't think it was outside of his normal price he would have gotten at any school. You know, I think I think Laramie Tunzel got paid. The problem with Laramie Tunzel was his asking his asking price got met by multiple schools. Uh, right, and, and he just kind of you know rolled with that. I I think Laramie is a hell of a football player, really good at making money, uh, and probably very happy to have the silly NCAA rules behind him, where you have to you know feel bad about making money and stuff like that. Um, right. I, I think what Freeze really did wrong with that first class was just no humility. I mean, the the way that that he he took it as this this challenge to, I mean, basically he took allegations from rival fans and from the media and turned it into a vendetta with or a a feud with the NCAA that just seems like unnecessary escalation you know what I mean every coach in his position is going to hear these accusations every coach is going to feel like they need to defend their players but you have to be smarter when, when you're in Freeze's position than to basically invite you know prolonged investigation by saying we're so clean that you know even rumors of cash payments are just unfounded with us you can send them to the email you know which of course if you know anything about the the minute history of this of this case you'll know that that was a colossal f up on multiple levels because compliance at oldmiss.edu is an email address that can be foiled so all of the <laughs> the dumb dirt that was sent to this email address that freeze invited was then subsequently, you know, obtained in Freedom of Information Information Act uh, request and then published online. So, it, like, talk about stepping in an anthill and then rubbing honey all over your body, which is a thing right. I just invented here. But that's the dumbest <laughs> shit you could possibly do. It's just, I, I think from the beginning, that's been Freeze's problem. He, he doesn't have any humility. Well, I've, I've, he feigns it every day on Twitter, <laughs> right. at least. Sure, true. I good, mean, good point. And that, that's and that's why that's why I would I would contend there's still 70 I would say 70 percent of our fan base is still enamored with the man. Yeah. I mean, he's I, I just don't think he was prepared or ready for an SEC program, especially one that was I, I think you're I think you have a the point rise. there. And I I, I think um this is interesting because, you know, we've come so far on this podcast in our views of Freeze. I mean, when we started this podcast, I think we certainly – and, John, um, if you disagree with this assessment, uh, please chime in. But I, I kind of feel like the whole point of this podcast was we thought Ole Miss was doing a great job across the board. We thought leadership was really good. Thought we had great coaches, and we thought we were underrated, and that and that not enough people were really paying attention to all the success that was happening at Ole Miss. Um, and I feel like it's really morphed into more of a a front row view of what it's like to see this quick ascendancy, and then just see this epic, you know, collapse and fireball. Um, and collapse might be too strong of a word, but I think we're certainly seeing a a very um, tenuous period in the history of Ole Miss's athletic program, specifically football. Um, I mean, it seems historic. I, I think our, our Mississippi State fan friends um, maybe aren't too wrong in talking about how big of a case this is going to be. I mean, I want to transition to talk a little bit about that. I think the Rebel Rags lawsuit um, kind of even raises the stakes further for the NCAA. Uh, if you give immunity to a player, 
what, are they are they ever going to to want it? I guess is my question. I mean, is the NCAA showing with this case that immunity is not really a feasible you know tactic for enforcing these types of things? I I wouldn't be surprised at all if no matter what happens, even if Ole Miss gets hammered, this is the the only investigation we see that hinges on this type of interview. It's just it, it's too it's too strange. It's not legally. It doesn't seem cogent, right, for the NCAA to accept everything Leo Lewis says bad about Ole Miss, but then say we're not going to go after State or LSU for their role in any of it. Like, it's it just it reeks of an agenda on the part of the NCAA, and and that's why I think the lawsuits are going to be interesting. Um, I don't know. Yeah, they're clearly all in after freeze. Yeah. You know, Brad, it's interesting. You talk about Freeze not being ready. I think that's totally fair. It's also funny that most of the fan base trusts the guy because, let's be honest, a lot of the fan base and their tolerance of Pete Boone and you know, Houston Nutt led him to a position where they had to go hire a guy that wasn't really qualified for this. Yeah, uh, 100%. I mean, I, I guess the other thing is, I mean, we, there's there's already been people tossing around names and, trying to figure out who would replace freeze if the university were to decide to distance themselves, like dismiss him and, and bring in somebody else. I mean, but, and everybody on that list seems like, I mean, they've been a head coach somewhere for more than a year. I mean, I know freeze was at Arkansas state and was an offensive coordinator under Malzahn for a year and then the head coach. But I mean, you could argue even then it was like, I mean, he knew he wasn't going to be at Arkansas State. He right. he didn't want to be there long term. He was going to use it as a, a springboard, just like Malzahn did. Right. I mean, that's so, the famous story about about Hugh and Jill Freeze, right? When they first got married or something. I mean, I might be botching the details, but they were in their early twenties uh, and they snuck onto the field at some SEC school or something. And he told her, "I'm going to be SEC head coach one day." Right. Um, totally agree with very you. Very romantic, so very yeah. romantic story that uh-huh. we can that can do nothing but endear you to a fan base that loves that kind of right. So true, saccharine, sweet fairy book. I mean, fairy book, uh, fairy tale stuff. Yeah. I mean, nowhere else like it, the SEC is full of that kind of stuff. But I, you could argue, nowhere else do we value that kind of romantic past precursor yeah. this is like pre like foreshadowing what's mm-hmm. going to happen then Ole Miss I mean that's so on. true and I, I think it kind of in a different way plays into this this Christian ethos that the fan base has of Ugh. this this high morality um, and, and this which is odd because what Ole Miss is known for at least to me uh, would be that that you know holier than thou attitude combined with this whole never lost a party thing it's it doesn't right. really gel i don't understand how those two go together and yet Ole Miss has i mean probably the most openly christian coach in the sec i mean i think he's right there with malzahn um freeze talks about it more i'd say but the prayer circle is kind of a, a i had to unfollow him on twitter like yeah, it, it's gotten that bad. Well, I, mean, I could never unfollow. I could never unfollow Freeze on Twitter because then you know I would miss him tweeting. I love you, Jill. Fodder. I love you, Jill Freeze. Please, uh, please don't believe <laughs> the rumors that I cheated on you uh, that are timed right. completely with this post. Uh, yeah, I mean, how could I miss that? That's just gold. I mean, that's 
That's classic. I, I don't know. It's just it's one of those things where I just I, I could I couldn't do it anymore. Yeah. I mean, because every once in a while you'll get old Miss, the old Miss account retweeting something, oh, and, and then you have to see it two and three times, and it's like, man, just it's it's almost like Trump. Just put the phone down. <laughs> just like you don't have to tweet every what was like well, six hours. Yeah, and that's definitely how great how great of a person you are. Well, and then especially when he'll he'll do his name searching and he'll reply to someone random, some random person. No one would ever see the tweet. And they're like, Hugh Freeze, fake mf -er, uh Christianity, his Christianity is all BS. And he'll respond like, I love you very much too. And like signal boost the guy. It's like, what is what is this accomplishing? Because it's not well, like, I mean, I think he's like done a very good job thing. of shielding himself from scrutiny to be totally honest i mean i'm not from the people who don't matter him... i agree he's shielded himself from scrutiny from the sheep rank and file old miss fans but not the decision makers and certainly not the ncaa i mean i just think it's a short-sighted strategy so i've got a yeah. new conspiracy theory that explains this whole ncaa case all right lay it on me see if you guys think this makes any sense have either one of you read the fall of the house of zeus no but obviously i know what it's what it's about Right. Right. The, him, you know, essentially, he got in trouble for bribing a bribing a judge, five years federal prison, and okay, he broke the law. But I mean, did he break the unwritten rules? No, it's Mississippi. I mean, it, he basically they just decided to enforce the rules differently. So, the only real winners of this whole thing the past five years have been the lawyers. Yeah, I mean. Millions of dollars have been spent on the lawyers, and the Mississippi taxpayers have lost. Um, it looks like at least ten million dollars based off of this whole. Well, you're hold on. Mark. You're saying to legal fees. What ten million dollars? No, what you're saying, they, but I'm, I'm trying to. I'm trying to deduce. I, I'm not sure that the legal fees are coming out of state money. I, a, I think the legal fees might be paid for by the athletic foundation and the okay. ticket sales and stuff, but it's, it's the point stands. The point stands. The money is going to the lawyers. The lawyers are winning. Yeah. So, so you think, I, you think they orchestrated all this? I think Dickie Scruggs is orchestrating this as payback for his whole deal. Oh, but interesting, John, but you know, the lawyer representing rebel rags is the same one that sued uh, Dickie Scruggs. For the tobacco money, Charlie Merkel. So it's, it's interesting. Interesting you that, that. I didn't know that. That's yeah, that's great. Yeah. So there, there's definitely a lot to unpack in all of this. And I, as we've talked about, there are conspiracy theories. And honestly, with all of this, I, I'm looking at a post right now on uh, on Nafum, which I don't know if I've ever talked about Nafum on the show. But if you're an old Miss fan, I highly recommend Nafum. You can find it at nafoom.yuku.com. Uh, it's a, a refreshing departure from most Ole Miss message boards for sure, I'd say. Uh, but someone's got the, the synopsis of today's Spirit podcast. And as we talked earlier on the show, Ole Miss Spirit is basically the propaganda arm of Ole Miss. Um, but it seems like in conjunction with this rebel rag suit and I, I think with coordination from the university based on who's distributing these talking points, it seems like the conspiracy stuff is where Ole Miss is digging in on all of this. Um, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll give you some examples of stuff that seems to be speaking towards this conspiracy that Ole Miss is apparently now propagating through the Ole Miss spirit. 
So after the Tunzel Miller fight, which y'all we remember from several summers ago, Miller called the NCAA, made a bunch of claims about Tunzel. One was that he received free stuff from Rebel Rags. The NCAA interviewed Miller and decided he wasn't credible. But later, the mystery recruits, you know, Leo Lewis, Kobe Jones, uh, used Rebel Rags in their story. So it seems like we're trying to make the case, and this is this makes sense now because it was weird that Lindsey Miller was named in the lawsuit to begin with uh, that seemed to be related to these immunity interviews. It seems like what Ole Miss and, and Rebel Rags, you know, we'll just call it Ole Miss, the Ole Miss side and all this, they're trying to connect Lindsey Miller to the origins of this Rebel Rags claim. And that's already getting to be, you know, pretty conspiratorial, I'd say. I mean, how, who could possibly connect Lindsey Miller and a Mississippi State signing years later and won the next year. I don't know. It seems like we're all trying to point back to Starkville. And once again, we got our tinfoil hats on with all this. I just don't know. I don't know if I'm ready to believe that just yet. Although, as I said, haven't heard a more logical explanation yet. So I don't is know. There's stuff going on. I mean, there. is the other question is, is this, is this all super detrimental to the state, both Ole Miss and Mississippi State? Yeah. I, I mean, I, I don't think is it's this going to hurt the state? I, I mean, it's so. going to hurt both programs, in my opinion, because I mean, you're you're Mississippi State is not like you said. It's it's obviously they're not blameless in this. They're helping coach him in some way, shape, or form. You like what college think. kid? What college kid? And what college kid's parents, mm-hmm. specifically their mothers, want to send their kid mm-hmm. to go play football for a coach that might be putting their yeah, son more worried up about on a, this than they are about your son's career, right? I mean, this is absolutely he's more worried about freeze and taking down Ole Miss and all that. I mean, if we and once again, I mean, we're treading right on this line that you you take one step over and you're a nut job, tinfoil hat conspiracist, right? But right. I'm over here one step away from that, and I don't understand where it goes other than that. You know, it's it's such a strange case, and I. You know, we've heard we. I've been hearing shades of Albert Means, uh, the Alabama player that famously was paid by Auburn to testify against Alabama, and some um, the Tennessee coach hired him an agent or something. I I think this is on track in the end to be at least as as salacious and as juicy of a story as that one was. No matter what the truth is, it's just there's a lot to unpack here that. I hope we figure out eventually. I mean, I think it'll probably all come out in time, at least more than we know now for sure. The the more that we get into this and the more I think about how uh, all the different angles on this, mm-hmm. the more I want to say the best thing moving forward is to just almost, I mean, we're going to have to reset anyway. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it, we're going to have to, I mean, w- at least one year bowl ban and, with the uh, with our own self-imposed right, self, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, punishment, I'd I, I'd almost want to just instead of letting all this play out, just sue the NCAA for a decision. Mm-hmm. Just say you guys have all the information now. You have our uh, response. You have everybody else's response. Just get it over with. Yeah. Just tell us what's going to happen. And I we'll take I, we'll we'll take it. Yeah. Hopefully, if it's two years, then that means. And John and I talked about this earlier. That means, in my mind, Freeze has two years 
if we get a two-year ban. If you end up 2-10 and ten both years and we don't win another SEC game under you, you're gone. And we can start over fresh with a new coach just like we did with Freeze. And hopefully someone will be smart enough to sit down mm-hmm. and say – and think about it for a second and say, is this guy – ready to take over an SEC program. I mean, you look at all the new coaches in the SEC, they at least had spent some time either as a head coach or had spent time, rather lengthy time even, as right. a... SEC assistant, right. Seeing, correct. Seeing the sausage get made. And, right. and, and Freeze, I, I don't think being the tight end coach and recruiting coordinator under Orgeron no. really counts because I don't think of Orgeron as an SEC coach. And I know he is again now, uh, and we'll see how all that goes. But, I mean, I, I don't necessarily think that's the guy you want teaching your future head coach how to run a program, right? Uh, I mean, no, especially I think, everything I we know about best, Orgeron at Ole Miss. The best thing to do, and th- this might be the hot take, because I've, and I told John this, I, I, I think it's the best case scenario from all of this is just go ahead, get the decision, mm-hmm. take, take the punishment and, and go ahead and go ahead and make the decision. You know, I mean, freeze. I like that. I, I like, we're going to, we're going to move on from you and you're stuck with, uh, well, you're trying stuck. to re yeah. tr- trying to take these two years to rehab your image. Either here. Plan. I, I don't dislike it. I don't dislike the plan at all. I think it's fair. Um, I, I think Ole Miss probably should have just fired Freeze as soon as the new NOA came down. Totally agree. I, I think they probably – the reason they did not was that there was enough weirdness around the conflicting testimony and, and maybe – I just – I don't understand. No, no. They, they, they did that because we have a booster network says let's not roll over Andy Kennedy and let's roll over Hugh Freeze. Yeah, well, a specific booster in that case on the AK thing. But yeah, I think it's it's indisputable that that Freeze is more popular than AK. I think it's just one of those things where we we hired... At the end of the day, I think... I I can't put this on Vitter. I think... I mean, he's a goofy, weird dude, and nothing in his... He hasn't made anything better, but he didn't create the situation. And I think think he was put into a situation that he wasn't ready for either, but I I think... I I blame Freeze completely, and I blame Bjork for enabling Freeze. That's pretty much the way I see it. We we could have done better in hiring both of those positions (laughs) for experience anyway. Yeah. And we're reaping what we sow mm-hmm. when we hire guys with little to no experience, especially in the SEC. Mm-hmm. And it it would make total sense on my part or in my mind to go ahead, either go ahead and move on from them or yeah. use this next two years to like start looking. Yeah. Look around, see if there's anything that you could do that would be better. Well, and you could have done that because it's, if you fired Freeze and made Matt Luke or Crime Dog the interim, and then man, you could, Crime Dog as the interim would have been absolutely bonkers and awesome. Better than that, yeah. No, I mean I, I, I have friends that I talk about with this. I mean the biggest bummer in all of this is I actually think the staff Freeze has put together right now is pretty cool and interesting. I love to see the way it all plays out. 
I mean, I think Longo's offense should be exciting. I like Peeler doing the wide receivers. I like Roach on the DL. Um, I like Crime Dog's energy. Uh, I like Pavito well, with linebackers. How, how can we like Roach on the defensive line? You don't like what that? Are you serious? What he's the it? only one. He's the only one getting recruits right now. I guess that's true. Dude, Roach, what, Roach, what, is, what, is, a, Roach is a hoss. I, I think uh, just the fact that we lost Scott so quickly made people assume Roach wasn't a good choice. I, I think he's going to end up being a, a, a name in the coaching field. We'll see. I, I've heard a lot of positive reviews. Um, I'm with you on the, on the, we'll on the see. staff I mean, it's, for sure. It's not even one season, but I would, just, I would like to see what they could accomplish if they weren't held back from day one with this terrible investigation hanging over all their heads. I mean, and, and to your point, Brad, I, I don't think that's a bad way at all to deal with a two-year bull ban. Um, but I also understand why you need to fight that two-year bull ban uh, tooth and nail because as a fan, you know, I've become attached to these guys we've signed, be it Shea Patterson, A.J. Brown, um, Greg Little. You know, I it would just be devastating – I don't think I could really watch SEC football for the next couple of years. Seeing Shea Patterson at Alabama, Greg Little at A and M, AJ Brown at Alabama, you know that would just that would just right. suck. I would just I would hate that so much. Um, so I understand fighting it from that perspective, but I don't know if that's the wisest thing for the future of the program. I mean, getting it behind you, getting the fresh start underway—that's definitely step one. You, you, we have to get this concluded. That's Ole Miss cannot let this drag on any longer. Oh, yeah, that I think that's that the the middle ground's probably the better way to go there. Maybe maybe yeah, but, where, where but you just I, say NCAA just get, just make your decision. Yeah. Well, and, and we say here's all of it. our here's all of our evidence against Leo Lewis, COI, you know, do what you will. Believe him, don't believe him. I mean, let this bring down Ole Miss, maybe open up this Pandora's box for the future, whatever. At least at that point it's behind us. I I I do I agree to your bull bands about the max. I I I still have this feeling uh, the entire way this has gone the entire time it's hard for me to imagine they're not seeking a show calls for freeze and I mean we've heard that it's been reported on it just seems like that's been their goal for such a long time now it's hard for me to say I feel like a he lot doesn't of, deserve it <laughs> no totally I agree he might deserve it and it, it, it's hard for me to say I, honestly in all of this I, I try not to get too value judgmenty because at the end of the day we're talking about a system that's completely counter to the world we live in to the, the the economic system we live in you know we're talking about these arbitrary rules that basically force players to play in this uh, wageless minor league that also comes and, saddled with academic classes it's hard for me to pass real value judgment on that but i just don't well see, and then you get ahead. a kangaroo court right type style where, where I, yeah. it, it blows my mind that we have we haven't gotten to a point with any of these institutions that just said you know what there's so much money on the line for the universities that mm-hmm. they haven't in turn gone and tried to sue the ncaa and said listen I know we broke your rules. Right, I, I think, but ten thousand dollars compared mm-hmm. to millions, we're mm-hmm. going to lose. Mm-hmm. And punishing kids that weren't even there. Yep. I mean, I'm surprised there haven't been player lawsuits and to I, the NCAA. I think the only reason the there isn't, and the reason the Rebel Rags lawsuit has to be the way this happens, is because as a voluntary member, Ole Miss is bound not. To, to, to sue in, in certain situations. So I, I think that that, I mean, just the, the entire NCAA is in such a 
precarious and self-serving position. It just seems like all they really care about um, is is getting scalps to seem punitive and seem scary. Uh, and so it's hard well, for asked, me to understand how Freeze still doesn't get a show call. So we're going to find out. And I've asked John this question. is like, okay, how much money actually changed hands to from uh, from Ole Miss to a – and not even maybe not even old Miss, a booster to a player. Mm-hmm. How much money do you think the NCAA has sunk into this investigation? Oh God, a hundred times, a hundred times more at least than even. I mean, even the unfound payments. I mean, they probably spent ten times what Ole Miss has even paid recruits. You know, in the last ten years, five years, I mean, and, it's crazy. And what could they have done? What what good? What r- real good could they have done with? Some of the lesser sports, yeah. Then making this a basically, I mean, it may turn out not to be a witch hunt, but it, right. And we've talked about we've talked about the evidence. There's there's very strange contact and all of that, but it's just yeah. I mean, it's certainly not some humanitarian thing. You know, that's what really rubs me the wrong way about all of this is acting like. Hugh Freeze, basically, this the people acting like Hugh Freeze was taking money from these underprivileged kids, you know, as opposed to helping them make money. You know what I mean? Like it's just it, we're so far into this holier than thou territory, so far into this. My rivalry is more important uh, than any sort of you know consistent set of rules or anything like that. I mean, the motivations in this are just so clearly not about morals or about the rules no. you know everyone is serving their own interest in this and as old miss fans i mean we're here complaining about it and if this was auburn that was facing this you know we'd probably be laughing be about thing. it and spend five minutes on it and move on um we probably wouldn't be so existential and talking about the ncaa as an institution and all of that but that's where we are this is the way this is the right. way it works you know when it when it comes when they come for you is when you get the, the most angry about it but absolutely whatever it's all absurd um, Brad, is there anything that, that we didn't touch on about the investigation that's been on your mind that you wanted to, uh, to talk about? Not really. I think I, uh, I think I drug the, the big three through the mud enough. I, mean, <laughs> I, I, think, I think you made fair points about them. I think you were fair. And I, I got and a I, question, Brad. This is my, all, this is my all time favorite question. Oh, around. All shoot. This. Why did Laramie, why did Laramie Tunsil ever miss a game? Like that's the most mind-boggling. I, just like that's the it's. Here, here's my thought. We've we've yeah. we've had that little brother mentality in the SEC for so long. Mm-hmm. I don't think they wanted to bring on all this NCAA stuff, and they were just like, "Well, let's let's just appease the NCAA, and we'll just we'll just backtrack and backtrack and 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 do what they want." Right. And now since. Ole Miss is backed into a corner. Now we get on the offensive. That's that's the difference. And I think I think that was the whole thing with Laramie as well. Is yeah. I think it was just let's let's take this and if this if this will appease the NCAA and get them off our back, let's do it. And kind of that little brother, all shucks. All right, we got caught. Let's just take our punishment and sit in the corner type deal, mm-hmm. and we'll. We'll, we'll we'll come back to the well, drawing board and and do better next time, and now we're oh crap! I just want to say now you know that team won a lot of games, a lot of tough games. Also lost to Memphis and Florida without Tunzel, um, and there were a lot of other 
big name guys on that team. That team had real aspirations. I mean, I just think it shouldn't go unsaid that there was a segment of the the, the administration, the fan base at that time that was was thinking, "Hey, what if we can do this without Tunzel? Why would we risk this season?" on the, the potential right. of future punishment. And, and I mean, I, I'm with you, John. The stuff that Tunzel actually sat out, sat out for uh, is stupid. The loaner car stuff um, is not something Ugh. that only athletes receive. Um, Ole Miss should have done a better job of monitoring it. But I think Ole Miss, as they talked about in their response, um, in that situation you're dealing with people that are actively trying to conceal their actions. And that's basically what Ole Miss tried to say about Barney as well. Um at what point is that more old Miss's fault than it is just the individual that's that's getting the benefit? I I don't know. Sloppiness. I think it's an interesting. I, question, it goes, John, if you should have missed I mean, it or not. And I think I, I think we can just go back to the inexperience. I mean, it's right. it's how do you handle that type of exposure, negative exposure, but that type of exposure? Mm-hmm. We had a lot of positive exposure that came along with it. I mean, we were ranked in yeah. Sports the, Illustrated the covers back to back years. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, we had a lot of good come with a lot of bad, and I don't think they handled any of it well. That's actually a great that's a great point, Brad. I I think we talk so much about how Ole Miss has done a poor job of handling the PR around the negative aspects, but Ole Miss didn't do a good job of capitalizing on the good PR and making sure that that outweighed the other stories. I don't feel like, I, I think that's, that's and definitely worth noting and thinking about. Yeah. I mean, state state. I mean, and part of that I, I think is that, you know, they're, they're naturally as a fan base drawn to one up old miss and this whole number one ranking thing, even in a year where you got, you know, drummed in the egg bowl, uh, is a way to claim that, but yeah, I agree. And I mean, I think State's marketing team is really good. I think that they they're forward thinking and they understand uh, that Starkville isn't necessarily this this natural resource for them, and they bust their ass uh, to brand State in other ways, whether it's People's University or you know Learn Online or We We Ring True or whatever. I, I think right. they've carved out their own niches. Whereas we talked about it in the past, I think Bjork's problem is he acted like we were Alabama. You know, he acted like he didn't yeah. have to answer oh. for this stuff. He acted like, you know, these problems are going to solve themselves. The difference is at Alabama, if compliance hears about uh, a burner phone or a laptop with an incriminating text message from February 3rd, they don't go out and grab the laptop uh, before Barney can delete anything and take screenshots and proudly send them to the NCAA and then brag about it in the NOA. I mean, that's why we're not Alabama is because we're not all in. Right. <laughs> well, and it's – where does that arrogance from Bjork come from? I mean, you were at Western Kentucky yeah. before Ole Miss. Like, where question. does that – I just – I don't know where any of this arrogance and stupidity comes from. I mean, like, you should be – like, we, we say that, but is is that not the the most old Miss combination of traits though? Arrogance and stupidity. I mean, that's yeah, that's true. I mean, we are W O A M. I mean, yeah, come on, yeah, that's yeah. And, and we may be coming back to the day where I mean, when I was in school, we said it because I mean, yeah. we lost again. I mean, to Jacksonville State we were, in overtime. Right. Good God, man! I went home. Yeah, I did too. So I was in the game. Grove when it ended. I mean, saw a lot of TVs get broken in the Grove that day. Fun I'm stuff. I'm pretty. I I was about to say I'm pretty sure we were sitting next to each other for that yeah. game, and I was just Fun like, ah, ah, we're out of here. Yeah. Right, this is over. And then you go home, take a nap, and you wake up. And I mean, but we may be in for more of that. Yeah. I mean, and I, I would much rather 
it not drag out and just go ahead because yeah, we got it. To- we got to get in front of the COI this summer. This can't go on any longer. You already have a bull. Like if you let this go into this football season, you're talking about potentially serving a self-imposed bull ban in its entirety before you ever get the actual penalty. Like what the hell? That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. You know, I, what, I, you know uh, what I mean? And, and that, that I think that was more John's point with yeah. the, with the tonsil stuff is why self-impose anything? Has that ever worked for anybody? With yeah, big, I, mean, I don't, I with don't think it's necessarily stuff? a bad strategy, but once again, I think Ole Miss is walking down the middle of this road and it doesn't make any sense. You self-imposed a bowl ban, yet you still want to fight some of the most salacious charges. So basically what you're saying is we did some really bad stuff, but we don't think it's as bad as you do. I don't understand that approach in a, in a legal uh, setting, yeah, anything. It, it, it doesn't really read. It just seems incoherent. Um, either be in, either be UNC and tell them to get off our lawn Yeah, and just say, the hell with you. We're going to do what we want, and we're going to go to a bowl game and accept a bowl bid, and we're going to have a really good season, and we're going to recruit people, and we're going to give them scholarships, mm-hmm. and – if you want to punish us, go ahead and try, but don't take the middle road where you're mixing strategies. Right. Where it's that just makes you look this. look guilty and inept at the same time. It just doesn't it doesn't oh, make any sense. And I, I think it all comes back to. And I think this is kind of your whole point, Brad. That you've been trying to make inexperience, I mean, a, inexperience, and just a severe lack of leadership stemming from that inexperience. There is no one really individually steering this ship towards some sort of a you know, a realistic trajectory. And I I think Dan Jones, if he was still at Ole Miss would be that lone executive leadership type making these decisions. It it seems like freeze and Bjork are on one page. Vitter's on a different page. Our law firm in Birmingham is on a different page. You got rebel rags out here doing their thing. Um, We got our Matt ball and the university council and compliance doing their thing. There, there just doesn't right. seem like anyone really making the decisions. It seems like a bunch of different people employing different strategies. Um, and so far, it's blown up at Ole Miss's face big time. I don't really see that changing. But you know, and I, and I, I, I never thought I'd say this, and you, y'all can both just absolutely rail me for it. But <laughs> it makes it makes you sit there and go, man, Alabama is just such a well-oiled machine, and yeah, Saban no, is gonna. such a fantastic all-around, all parts of yeah. I'm not going to dispute you on that. Manager, I think it's undeniable. And it makes you, it makes you value people like that. And I, I mean, I really dislike the the guy for as, as a human being. Yeah. Um, but mostly because of and some of the program. stuff he says and the and the and the attitude he has about it. But maybe yeah. that's the right attitude to have. I mean, you're starting to it's see. It's a winning attitude. I mean, the the dude wins, and he he's got a process in place. And I don't think Freeze had any idea how to do any of this and how no. to organize everybody. And Bjork, you think I, I I don't think he and Bjork are on the same page. I think Bjork has a lot of aspirations of himself. Like he's not going to go down with Freeze. Yeah. Well, like that's if, if that's what's down, been strange too. Is it it doesn't? I don't really understand. Bjork's motivations here. I think Vitter is just inexperienced, just trying to get through this. I think Freeze is is the one that's getting his way most of all. I mean, he is self preservation. Just pretty. I, if anyone is leading Ole Miss's response to this, it, it seems like it's Freeze. 
uh, he seems which to be the one pulling the strings. Unfortunate. Yeah, I, I don't think it's a good thing. But I mean, that's he seems to be the only one that's really getting what he wants out of this, which is a vigorous defense of his own personal character. And there's an just so to much to get power. into with this, and like oh, so yeah. so much so much of like the way the IHL is set up and. Why has the IHL not taken some sort of action and said, y'all just have to get rid of him. This is making everybody look like a bunch of boobs. That would be I mean, that w- would be interesting. I don't, I wonder, I, I, I think really a lot of those questions are that these, these things are intentionally created so that the academic and university entity decision-making process is divorced from the athletic decision-making process. And that's kind of what but I But is it really? I mean, you look at right. universities like Alabama and Georgia and like all these SEC schools. I wanted to go to an SEC school mm-hmm. for SEC football. Now, right. granted, at first I wanted to go to Auburn, but <laughs> that wasn't in the cards and I fell in love with Ole Miss. Sure. But one of my main impetus to go to Ole Miss was for the SEC football. Right. So how does this not hurt? Oh, it definitely hurts university. I mean, we've talked at length about how football drives academics. Look at Alabama, what they've accomplished as a school because of their football program. It's undeniable. And look at us, too. All the building and everything, I mean, is Is genuinely linked. Yeah, I think that's fair. But I I still think that on paper, the decision-making processes are supposed to be separate. Uh, Vitter is probably the bridge between academics and athletics. But I, I, would, I don't think the IHL could ever intervene in athletics, but it's an interesting question. I mean, there's def- – and it's, it's just all so convoluted at this point. I know. We're not going to have that, any clarity for so I long. I hate even introducing that I know. portion. I know. It's a fun idea, though. I like uh, it. Of the state – of how the state system is, is, is right. set up to even – to even inject that in there. I like but, that. I mean, it, it's such a weird mm-hmm. situation where you do have two potentially, allegedly, two right. opposing institutions under IHL control at each other's throat. <laughs> like, yeah, it's very odd. It's, you're supposed to leave it on the football field. <laughs> like, just play the football game and be done with it. Like, yeah. I... I and, and, that's, and that's true. But at the same time, I mean, these games are decided years in advance based on all the other stuff that goes on around these programs, whether it's recruiting, strength and conditioning, development, what coaches you hire, what scheme they run. I, I agree with you, you know, leave it on the field. But I think for Dan Mullen, he saw the writing on the wall that he wasn't going to win a lot of games just on the field. And and once again, we're back on this, this conspiracy thing. Um, but whoever it is pulling the strings behind Leo, uh, I, I think they saw that they needed more than just on the field. Uh, I think we just lost Brad looking at Skype, unfortunately. Here's on. Oh, no, Brad's back now. Um, but still, I think we're about at the end of uh, our time here tonight. I think we – Yeah, this is, absolutely. This, I'm, this, so, I, I'm no, sorry no. to have, have made it go, go so long. Oh, come on. You didn't, kept... you, didn't keep us, you didn't keep us at all, man. Uh, I feel bad for John. I feel like I've been talking nonstop, and you've been chiming in, Brad, and, and John's just been a passive listener, so – um, hey, I, I converted you guys. It's true. Yeah, that's true. John, John's pulling the strings behind all this. John's the one that's uh, planted these ideas in our heads, and now we're just off doing his bidding, trashing uh, Bjork and Agreed. Freeze. Man, yeah. I, I remember watching the BBVA Compass Bowl mm-hmm. in a bar in Tallahassee and calling John at halftime and being like, this guy, Freeze, is just the best thing since sliced bread. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, he is go he and I, I've told him this a number of times. Like we wanted to find like our version of the Michigan man. Right. And I think we I think we thought we found we it. We did. We definitely did. And I think that it was it was premature. I think we should have I don't know what yeah. we could have done well I mean, and that's we couldn't a, that's... have left him at arkansas state because someone else would have snatched him up mm-hmm. but you I, could move him I, up I, a little yeah i think that's a question for other podcasts too is can Ole miss really do better i i don't know i don't i'm not I sure that either. we can in the modern environment um but that's definitely something we'll talk about in the future uh we didn't get to it today we we're gonna maybe discuss a little mlb draft but it'll be better next week anyway because it'll be behind us we'll have a good idea of uh, who's likely to be showing up next season for Ole Miss baseball and who's more likely to be going to the MLB and all that stuff. So look for that next week. Obviously, we'll be talking about all this NCAA stuff. I mean, there have been several new developments since we talked last week, so I, I wouldn't be surprised if some, some new things pop up. Um, Brad, we're here at the end of the show. You wanna, do you want to plug anything? Or, obviously, thanks for coming on the show. Really appreciate it. Uh, you've been a great guest. No, I've, yeah, th- thank you guys for having me on. Y'all are doing a fantastic job. I, oh, well, I thanks, listen man. all the time. Appreciate uh, it. I mean, y'all, I, I've just highly enjoyed being on the show. Awesome, dude. Well, I appreciate that. Uh, John, you got any final thoughts for the people? No, that's about it. At some point, I think it's worth having a pod discussing what is the best free. You know, we could run a hypothetical. Okay, Freeze gets four games. He keeps his job. Right. right. Can he ever get back to a knocking on the door of winning the West type program. God, it would be tough. It would be That's a so full much. podcast right there oh, for yeah. sure. Oh yeah. And well and and I mean I think we're gonna have a uh a long summer of of, of such uh hypothetical explorations. And I, I, honestly I think it's fun. I mean I think these last two shows with, with the uh the response in hand have been a ton of fun. Um thanks for I com- agree. thanks for coming on Brad. Uh really appreciate it. Like I said you were a great guest. Um, I think you brought a lot to the show, and I, I think we had a good little discussion tonight. Um, we'll we'll keep trying to figure this one out. Uh, right on the edge of conspiracy here, so I think one day, see, we'll probably just step on over, uh, and and that's where we'll be with it. But of course, you got to plug some uh, some stuff for the show here. Follow us on Twitter if you don't already at Sharks AFTR Dark. Subscribe on iTunes, rate and review us, all that stuff. That'd be great. Help other people find us. Uh, but for now, for Brad, for John, I'm Justin. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll talk to you again in a week. Nobody's fault but mine. Nobody's fault but mine. I don't read my soul get lost in nobody's fault. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.